This week on Opt, we'll be talking about the sagas in Kaldheim and some of the cool brawl decks made with the legendary creatures we discussed last week. And, um, quick, uh, last week, uh, realized that I did not talk about Finn the Fangbearer. It's also a legendary creature. It's one colorless and one green mana. And he has Death Touch, and he's a 1-3. And then whenever he, uh, whenever, uh, creature you control with Death Touch deals combat damage to a player and opponent controls, they get two poison counters, and someone with ten poison counters loses the game. So, if you hit, um, five times with a guy with Death Touch, they lose. Which, I think can be powerful, especially since you could get a couple hits in with Finn. And you could bring out just a, like, Tajuru Blightblade. And then the next turn, you can bring up Finn, and then you attack, and they get a poison, two poison, then you attack again, and they're, now they're up to six. It's very, very powerful. And, um, so now we're gonna, uh, and then we'll, we'll discuss that later in the, uh, later this episode, but now we'll get into, sorry, uh, sagas. And, so, there's an uncommon saga and a rare saga for each uh, color pair in Caltown. So, we're going to start with Nico Defies Destiny, which is a colorless, a blue, and a white. And so, for those who don't know, sagas are basically uh, when... It enters the battlefield, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you get a lore counter and put it on it. And then every time a lore counter is put on it, you get a certain ability and something happens. It's usually three uh, lore counters. And then once the final ability is activated, you sacrifice it. And so one thing that's been brought up a lot lately is that Vorclex, Monstrous Raider... Uh, that's the one that your opponents put on half as many counters rounded down. That makes it so their sagas just don't work anymore. It's super good. Because they just don't put the counter on. It's just an enchantment that has no effects. But, so, that's something you need to watch out for. But, so, sagas, so, Nico defied Destiny. When it enters the battlefield, you gain... Two life for each card you have foretold in exile. And so it's three mana, so you know, if you're doing it on your third turn, you're only gonna have one other one out. But if you do it later, one foretold, if you do it later, you could have like two or three. That's just a pretty powerful life gain. But then, um, then you add a blue and a white mana, which uh, almost pays it off, and that's a really good mana advantage, because then you could be up to six mana, but, uh, basically the condition is you could only foretell cards, or, uh, cast cards that are foretold, using that mana. 
And then finally, this is my favorite one. You turn a foretold card in your graveyard to your hand. So basically, you could get something like Augury Raven or Skull Raid or Behold the Multiverse or Saw Coveyed or uh, Mammoth Growth. And just all these different amazing, like, stuff just back to your uh, hand. And it's just, like, very, very powerful to retrieve that. Just for a three mana saga. And then the next one is the Raven's Warning. And this one is again one colorless, one blue, and one white. And it's the rare one. And basically, you, when entered the battlefield, you gain two life and create a 1 1 bird with flight. Which is already just super amazing because, you know, like a 1 1 bird with flying can. Just do a lot more damage than is usually expected. It's very, very powerful. And, especially with the two life. That doesn't completely pay off, but then the next one is, uh, every time, uh, when every you deal combat damage with one or more creatures this turn, you draw a card and then look at the other player's hand. You just, like, draw a card, 1-1, one, one, token in two life is pretty decent and then um the thing that uh i think is also a cool like it could also be good is that uh battlefield raptor which has first strike it's just one white mana one two first strike fine uh if you have that out, it could trigger twice. So you draw two cards. And so that totally pays off. And then its last thing is... So the last one is... Uh, you may put a card you own from outside the game on top of your library. And this is... I definitely think the best one. Because you just keep swapping like Aaron's Epiphany... Which is the one that uh, creates two one-one birds with fine, and then you take an extra turn. It could be foretold for two, then six beta or just seven beta, and you can just put that outside or just any of your amazing cards if you have a deck built around this. And also, uh, Fay of Wishes, uh, taking things through your sideboard. This is just super powerful and really complements it really well. And especially for more expensive things or things that are very situational. And then the next one is going to be uh, White Black. And the first one is a Scent of the Worthy. And this is the Uncommon. And basically it's one colorless, one white, one black. And uh, basically it's first two more turns. Just you choose a creature... You control in all damage that's dealt this turn uh, to creatures you control is dealt to him. And that's just, or like the creature, that's just pretty good, especially if you have something like Cherix, but also if you just want to sack 1-1. Uh, one, one. But then, the so that's for two rounds. But then the last thing, which is super amazing, is you turn a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield with flying. So while it takes three turns for it to trigger, 
like basically what this is saying at the very least is that you return a creature to the battlefield under your control for three mana and then you and it returns with flying which is just really amazing and like creatures that giant creatures that weren't meant to have flying get flying and then um the rare is just the most just amazing thing like ever so it's one mana two white and one black i think and basically oh when it enters so it's four mana you create four four angel flying and vigilance which is already just amazing for four like that's just ridiculous but the next thing is angels you control get double strike until on a turn so even if you don't have a single other angel in your deck you're doing uh eight damage this turn and then he also has vigilance and then next you're gonna deal eight damage i mean four damage it's just like you're gonna destroy your opponent like incredibly fast and then but uh the last thing is angels can tap until on a turn they can tap to destroy target creature with power less than them so basically you then you can just attack deal another four damage so 12 damage in total for four mana and then you destroy target creature with power three or less which is just absolutely amazing and that i just think that's like the best rare saga in the set and then next we have oh and sorry it the for the center of the worthy turn is an uh angel warrior too so it can be uh what uh so it can just uh work also in tribalism um but so the green blue uncommon is the three seasons just a green and a blue mana and i do not particularly love this but it, it like i guess it's okay for snow but basically it's first is mill three cards and then it's two is return up to two target snow permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand which i think is good i just think i'm biased against snow i really don't like it but i do think it could be good and then this one i actually um in the last one i think is super interesting you choose three cards in each graveyard and their owners shuffle those cards into their libraries and so i think this could go in some different directions because if you're fighting against a deck that returns cards here uh like returns cards to the battlefield then you can shuffle those in but you can also shuffle cards you want back into so i don't love that part but i think it could work and then the rare one, I think this one's amazing too. It's just one colorless, one green, and one blue. And as first is created two two blue shapeshifter token creature token with changeling. So already like pretty decent. But then any number of target shapeshifter creatures you control have base power and toughness four four. So already uh green blue is shapeshifters. But 
What I just think is amazing is that for three mana, you already get a four four. And that's just like on at base, amazing. But then this is my favorite part. Choose up to one target creature or planeswalkers, and then each creature with power four or greater you control deals damage equal to its power to that permanent. So you just deal four damage at the very least to target creature or planeswalker. And for three mana and you also get a four four, which I just think is amazing. And then um our next one is um is gonna be uh the blue black and we're gonna start with the uncommon which is the trickster god's heist uh i believe it's two mana and then a blue and then a black uh might have and then to basically um you may exchange control of Two target creatures is the first one, which is pretty good. Then you may exchange control of two target non-basic non-creature permanents that share card type. And, like, I don't know how I feel about this one, because this one, again, is pretty situational. Like, if you aren't fighting against the right deck, it just really doesn't do anything. But then the third one is pretty decent, actually. It's hard clear, lose three life, and you gain three life, which is like seeing how Zoff blood Zoff consumption just lose four and you gain four. I think this is pretty good, just because especially with the three life format that just like boosts a lot of things. Then the rare is King Murphy's Betrayal, and it's one. Colorless, one blue, and one black, and each player mills four cards, and then you may exile a creature or planeswalker card from each graveyard, which is interesting. But then, this one I like, because until end of turn, you may cast spells from among cards exiled with King Norfie's Betrayal, and you may spend mana so it were mana of any color to cast those spells. So basically, you... No four cards, and then you turn, you can return a card to your hand, basically. And you can take one of your opponent's cards, which usually isn't that good, but I just love. Because I just, I love taking my opponent's cards. Like, Ashiok is just my favorite planeswalker ever. But, uh, I'll, more of that in another podcast. But, uh, next one, it's gonna be. Uh, red, white, and the uncommon is forging the Tyrite sword. <clears throat> I think it's uh, one mana, red, and a white. And basically, um, one and two is created treasure token. So that already uh, for three mana, like two treasure tokens is really amazing. Like uh, it that also gives you again a very important mana advantage because. You can get up to seven mana, basically, after two. So, in, but then, in the number three is you search for a library for a card named Halver God of Battle or an equipment card. Reveal, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So, just tutor out either Halvar or equipment or an equipment card, which is pretty good. And then, the rare is Showdown of the Scalds. I think it's two colorless, a red, and a white. 
and basically its first thing is exile the top four cards of your library until end of turn until end of your next turn you may play those cards and i really like this because basically you can draw four cards because the like the downside of escape to the wilds that like just uh, people have some trouble with is that it's just until end of turn you get and most of the time just until end of turn you already have used up most of your mana so basically you just have an extra turn you can just play all those cards so it's basically like i would say it's drawing three cards maybe two and i for four mana i think that's amazing but for two and three this is just makes it way more amazing Whenever you cast a spell this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. And I just think that's amazing because you have these four cards that you're just, like, doing stuff with. And you can just play all of those and put a million plus one, plus one counters on your creatures. So that just gets better and better. And then, um, so black, red. Uh, I... I usually hate black red i think most people do it is usually pretty bad but so first of all in Kaltheim, black red is a berserker format and just lots of berserkers lots of bonuses for that sometimes you can splash a green for change wounds but basically um the uncommon it's uh two colorless a red and a black and but I just love every single thing, but especially the three. If you, this is definitely, you have to play it right. And if you play this right, it can just be the most amazing card ever. And if you play it wrong, it doesn't do much. So basically, uh, it's first blinds, you may sacrifice a creature when you do. Carter's Vicious Return deals three damage to any target. And so this is starting now to look like a sacrifice deck. So like, not much. And then, next one is each player discards a card. And still, it's just like, I don't really want that. Like, no one likes having to discard cards, especially when you don't get a draw card. But this third one is what caps it off. And if you play this right, you can just basically win the game right here and then. And so basically what it is, is your turn target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it, and it gains haste until end of your next turn. Until your next, sorry, until your next turn. And so this is like, eh, yeah, it's decent. What's so amazing is you can sacrifice your creature, deal three damage, and then you can return it with plus one plus one counter. Like, uh... Or, you can discard a, like, 7 mana card, a creature card, and then, like, uh, one thing I've done is the 7-7 seven, seven flying with trample, uh, I forgot what it's called in Theros, that when it deals damage to a player, it, uh, each player sacrifices, a, the, I mean, they sacrifice a creature, and that card is just, like, Unless they can stop you, that's GG. Like, with Trample, flying, there's just no way. And if you just discard this on turn 5, uh, you just discard it, and then the next turn, you return it from your graveyard to the battlefield. And remember, this, you only need 
four mana for this. So, yes, this is turn seven, but you don't need to get the mana, the seven mana. But you just return it to your, from your graveyard to the battlefield. And so now it's an 8-8 eight, eight with Flying Trample and Haste. So, like, nothing you can really do there to fight against it. And that's just an uncommon. Like, I'm personally of the opinion that that is the best, like, uncommon, that saga. And, but, then this one, I just, like, I love even more, probably. It's the Bloodski Massacre. And this one takes a bit less strategy. It still does take a bit, but it's a colorless red and a black against rare. But, so first thing is you create 2-3 red demon berserker creature token with menace. So, where we get your tribalism, it's 2-3 with menace, and that's decent for 3 mana. But, whenever a berserker attacks this turn, you draw a card and you lose 1 life. And so, um... Like, this can just be, like, that alone just totally pays off. Like, 2-3 is men, and you lose more life, and you draw a card. But then, finally, it's add, even, even if you have no other, de I mean, berserkers. Then, finally, you add one red mana for each creature you control, and then until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases it. So, I just think this is just, like, if you just have two of these, two demons, like, that's just pretty much end of game. But just, even with one, it's still pretty amazing. And some of the other things, like, need some certain tribalism or certain different things to really get it going. Like, the three seasons, otherwise it's just trash. But this one really just pays it off. And that's one thing I like about... These and these all another thing is pretty much every single one of these complements its colors very, very well and complements its theme in this set. Like demons and snow and ch changelings and just an angel, just so many things that if you get a couple of those, it's just, and you have a deck devoted to that, if you have that, you just can have, it's just so powerful. And, um, basically, um, our next one is, uh, Fall of the Imposter, and, um, so basically, the first two are put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. It's first two, so two plus one counters. It's a, sorry, it's a colorless, a green, and a white. And then, but the final thing is I think each, you exile the creature with greatest power among, like, things, among, uh, creatures your opponents control. And so, this one, just like for three mana removal, is pretty good. I, like, well, it'd be a bit nicer if it was sack it, but I still think, like, just exiling is always, for three mana, it's just always really powerful. Especially since you can choose when there's a tie in power. And then the uh, other, the rare is a white, again, a white, a green, a 
uh, a white, uh, green, uh, colorless, and then, basically, it's called Battle for Bredegard, and, uh, the first thing is you create a 1-1 one -one human warrior, so tribalism, second thing is another, an elf, so whatever you're going for, you can get one of those bonuses, but then the final thing is, um, you create a copy of each, I think, token you control. Incur like, give a shout out if I'm wrong, but I think it's create a of each token. Um, sorry, it's artifact and or creature tokens with different names. And you can choose as many as you want of those. And then you create a copy of that for each one of those. So... Basically, what this is meaning at its root is that you create two 1-1 humans and two green elves for three mana, and just in a token deck that just can be very, very powerful. And, um, then our next one, um, is, uh, sorry, is, uh, green, black, and... The uncommon is, I just think this is amazing, it's called Binding of the Old Gods, and it's two mana, green and a black, and this is another one of, I think, the best uncommon sagas, and just uncommons in general, because basically, like, it's first thing for four mana is you just destroy target permanent. Like, there, uh... Destroy a target online permanent, like anything for four mana, and that just does it right there. And then, like, just totally makes it worth it. And the next things are just like, and eh, like less good, but they're still. The next one is you, uh, you search the library for a force card, put it onto the battlefield, attack, which gives you a mana advantage, so that's decent. But then, um, the last thing is creatures you control gain death. Touch until end of turn, which, like, I think is also, like, eh, it's situational, but, uh, Herald Unites the Elves is the rare, and it's two colorless, uh, black and a green. Basically, you mill three cards, and then you may put an Elf or tie card, which is the, uh, Tyvar, uh, which is the Planeswalker, the Elf Planeswalker. Uh, card from your graveyard onto the battlefield. And so, that's already pretty good if you do, you have enough elves. And then you put a plus one, plus one counter on each elf you control. And then whenever an elf you control attacks, this turn target creature and opponent controls get minus, gets minus one, minus one until end of turn, which I do, I'm definitely a fan of, just because, that just can be very, very interesting. And then, um, our next one is, um, invasion, uh, blue red. And I don't like blue red, as I mentioned last episode, but, like, I think everyone's different. So, uh, basically, the first thing, invasion of the giants, just uncommon, just blue red. But basically, uh, you, uh, you may reveal a giant card from hand, and 
it deals, I think, um, sorry, it's, um, it deals, so the first thing is, uh, you scry two, and the next thing is you draw a card, and so it's scry two, then draw a card is already pretty amazing, but then you may reveal a giant card from your hand, and when you do, invasion of the giant deals two damage to target opponent or planeswalker, which, I just think, um, like, it's pretty good, especially if you're just going to play it that turn, you can just deal two damage to target opponent or planeswalker, and then the final thing is the next giant spell you cast this turn costs two less to cast, so basically this is what this is saying, is if you have four mana now, then you just can cast on turn, um, four, uh, six giant, a uh, six mana giant, which just can, that can be powerful. But now, um, another one of my favorite, uh, another, some of my favorite colors is, um, this time we're actually going to start with the rare first, but it's because I love it so much, but it's Waking the Trolls, and it's four mana, uh, a green and a red, and basically its first lore is Destroy Target Land, and then, but this is what I love, but then you put Target Land card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, so basically you take... Basically, you just take your opponent's, uh, your opponent's, uh, land from them. But the final thing, this is what I love so much, is choose target opponent, and if they control fewer lands than you, create a number of 4-4 green troll warrior creature tokens with trample equal to the difference. And so it's just like, even if you're even before you just create two four four trolls and in this green red which is all landfall you just can get like you're getting uh you usually have a lot more and so i just think that just can be another game ender especially because it has trample and so uh, the next one is, uh, is Arnie Slays a Troll, and basically, uh, it's just a green and a blue. I mean, a green and a red, sorry. And, just, uh, that's, uh, so just very cheap. You can get turn two, but then target creature you control fights up to one target creature you don't control. And then, like that, uh, not great on turn two, but it can be powerful, especially if you just get out one one with that touch, green mana. And then, but the next one is add one red mana, and then you put two plus one plus one counters on up to one target creature you control, which is just amazing. Then finally, you gain life equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. So what? Like people, some people are missing. That this is literally inscription of abundance. Except for you add one red mana, and it costs two instead of five when it's kicked. You put two plus one plus one counters, you fight it, 
and then you gain life equal to the greatest power. And, like, well, it would be nice if you gotta put two plus one plus one counters on at first. That's still just absolutely amazing. And I did just realize I forgot Battle of Frost and Fire, which is the blue-red rare. And it's three colorless, a blue, and a red. And then, basically, this is for just, like, you just... All you have is giants. But basically, uh, it deals four damage to each non-giant creature in each planeswalker. And so it just deals four damage to each creature your opponents control if you just are committed and just have giants. And then you scry three, and then whenever you cast a spell with converted mana cost five or greater this turn, and remember, you have five mana for this because you have this cost five mana and you also got to scry three so you got to pick it and then <clears throat> you draw two cards and then you discard a card so you just and that's just like all of those together just can be a pretty powerful combo and so we've already spent a lot of time but now we'll talk about some of the cool Brawl decks that have been made and you can make using some of these sagas and some of the legendary creatures that I've talked about. Okay, so my favorite uh, Brawl deck is uh, Koma, is Commander's Koma the Cosmo Serpent. It is three colorless, two green, and two blue. So it's seven mana, and it's a green blue deck, but basically. It's a 6-6, six, six, and the spell can't be countered, but then at the beginning of each upkeep, create a 3-3 three, three blue serpent creature token named Coma's Coil. And then you can sacrifice another serpent, and then you can choose one. You can either tap target permanent, its activated abilities can't be activated this turn, or Coma gains indestructible into other turn. So you don't have to ever worry about Oh, like, seven mana? That means when it dies, it's gonna be nine mana. And they're just gonna... But it practically has indestructible, unless you kill it the first turn. And so, just incredibly powerful. And you can just create this army of serpents, like a 3-3 three, three each turn. It's just pretty much a GG if you can get up and... Obviously, since this is green-blue... This is a very control, big, big creatures. Uh, but you also want a lot of landfall and ramp. And so basically, you just want to get to seven mana as soon as possible. Because then it's just like, can you survive until you have seven mana? And so you uh, have a like Vastwood Surge, Cultivate, uh, Roiling Regrowth, all of the landfall or claim the wastes and stuff then also uh you can so you can put in all of the you know green landfall stuff but one thing is you can that i really like is you can put in kosima which is the god three mana it's a two four but then at the beginning of your upkeep you can exile it and then uh with and then whenever a land enters the battlefield, you can either return it to the battlefield or you can put a voyage counter on it. 
and when it enters the battlefield, you draw X cards and put pl X plus one plus one counters on Gosima equal to the amount of voyage counters. So, well, it takes this one takes a while just because you know you also one of the lands has to be devoted to bringing Gosima back. So it's like you need four lands to enter. Well, and remember, like this is while it's exiled, so it can't do anything until you bring it back. So you need like usually a good thing is like having four. Like, three voyage counters, at least, is usually before I bring it back. Like, you can do two if you want, but that's just four lands that have to enter the battlefield. So, definitely takes a while, but in this deck, when you're just really trying to get as many landfall stuff as possible, which usually isn't seen in a green-blue, but just you have all the big boy stuff, like... Pretty much just every single thing that's like converted mana cost seven or greater in this deck, you just want it. And you definitely want some blockers early on. Like, I like to put in uh, Shariks, the Raging Isle. Like, normally that's not amazing, but just normal in this deck, but just because it can, uh, like, it can uh, just block your opponent's creatures until you can just get your feet under you. You can start pumping out like beanstalk giants and uh, like just everything huge. And you can also splash mutate in this. Uh, I have not, but this definitely an archetype you could go for. Um, and so I just really like this because it's just. Your only option when you're fighting against this is to beat it before it gets to 7 mana. Like, like there's just no other way unless you, like, the only possible conceivable way is, in my mind, that could, like, do anything is a bunch of guys flying. But, remember, he can sacrifice a serpent, serpent to tap target creature. So, it's just so powerful, and you just can't fight it, really. And so, that's my personal favorite, but, you know, uh, some of the other ones. So, there's Vega the Watcher, which is definitely a very synergy-like, obviously. You just have a bunch of Fortel cards, Auron's Epiphany, like, uh, Starnheim Elite, and just get as, like... You just have every single card in your deck foretold. Like, be every creature card. Just have, in every single non-land, should pretty much be a foretell card. And if it is, then it's just you draw a card every single time you cast a spell. Which is, again, unstoppable. And I think this one, I think the major downside in this one is just if this is in a brawl. Uh, like, you're in, seriously in risk of, uh, drawing all your cards. So, this is definitely a lot better in Commander, just because that you have insurance that you're not going to run out of cards, unless, like, maybe you're fighting against a really powerful mill rogue deck with, like, just, yeah, but... So, this, this one, I would recommend for Commander more than... But the only downside to that is that there's usually not 
enough foretell cards that, you know, so, like, that will get you the 60 cards you need. So, it would be really nice if you had Dream Devourer, but that's black, so you couldn't do that, but... Um, then our next one is Finn the Fangbearer, and I know I talked about this earlier. This one, um, I feel like for this to work properly, you kind of need, uh, you need to play this in Historic. Because, basically, the, the problem of the issue is Finn is not a partner. It would be so much better if you did have partner, but... You have to, if you have him as your commander, you just have green. Which is usually okay, but in Finn, you want, like, all your creatures. You want just a bunch of guys with death touch. And then a couple big guys. And that's it. You just want as many guys with death touch as you can. And unfortunately, you don't have black give you a bunch of different awesome things like binding of the old gods and... Hooded Blightfang, that you really need to have a powerful Death Touch deck. And so, like, this one, like, he can, I just think, there's no way you can do this in Standard, just because there are so many, uh, I mean, there's so few, just like, there, you just physically don't have enough, like, guys with death touch to fill your deck to get again to get those uh 35 cars for your deck like you just like there's just in standard there's like tops like maybe 10 green creatures with death touch and i'm being very generous with that i think there's a lot less and so i just think you really just can't get by with him as a commander unless you're in historic which just have access to a ton of a lot more green like green creatures with that touch and this really would be nice if you could somehow maybe find a a green black like far in historic some sort of green black guy with that touch and you put finn in there so he's definitely amazing, but you do kind of, I feel like, need him as your commander. And, like, I definitely think you could get there, like, just because you, you know, play 1-1 uh, one, one Death Touch first turn, then play Finn, you attack with the 1-1, one, one, two point encounters, like I said earlier, and six, and then, but you just, you... You have to get a lucky draw. Like you, basically, this is one of the decks where you have to get an opening hand of just like two or three death touch creatures. And otherwise, you just can't. You have to mulligan, and you just really need at least two death touch creatures in your opening hand for this to be able to function. Because otherwise, you just there's no way. And so, yeah, I definitely think. This one, like, can sometimes work in it, sometimes doesn't. And so, um, I think our next one 
is going to be uh, Harold, King of Skimfar. And this one, like, I'm not a big fan of elves. I'll say this right now. I don't like elves. And I just think the Harold is not powerful enough to really get there. Like, just because, yeah, you can tutor out a good elf or Tykar, but just you just basically in this kind of deck you're just looking at top five cards in your library and you choose a creature card or a planes like or a planeswalker because that's what your deck has to look like you just you just have elves and so again i think this would be a lot better when you in a format that has x access to uh Commander Legends, because that just has Pride of the Perfect, Eye Blight Kohler, like just all those things that just will really overpower your opponents. And especially with Elvish Warmaster, just like you just can't stop that. Um, so, like, I don't think the, like, I guess Harold is okay. The elves can be pretty powerful, but again, it's a lot better. Like, he, there's still a bunch of amazing elf cards. This, like, Elvish Warmaster, and there's some amazing elf cards in the set. Kaldheim, but again, it would be so much better if you had access to Commander Legends and just all those other sets that just really have some powerful elves. So, it, again, that's one that really needs a specific format. And so, our next one, this is one of my favorites. Uh, probably guess what it is, but it's Fear, huh? Just because, like, you just put that in. Fortunately, like, the only thing I don't like about Fear, huh, is I do wish instead of it being focused towards second spell. Which is a relatively new thing. Like, you can definitely... Like, of course, there's always card draw and revitalizes and stuff. And all those sort of things that just draw you cards. But, I... Like, I... I just do kind of wish that Fierha was aimed towards angels and not second spell because that would just be very powerful with fear Hus retribution all of those things that you know you could still put fear Hus retribution into the deck just because it's just still a super powerful card and by then you also can have fear a judge of valor so it basically when you have the angels double strike hitting them with 12 in total and you gain four life, which is just pretty good. And especially if you have uh, things like Defiant Strike, and you can give them plus one, plus zero. Oh. And so, or Kaya's Onslaught, just things that draw you cards. But just those things would be pretty powerful, too, that deck. But, like, I do think in a Brawl deck, there, it is hard to, for fear, huh, to function. Just because, like... You, 
Well, okay, so, first of all, again, you have even a greater chance to, I think, run out of cards. So, probably this needs to be a commander, but then again, like, there's just not enough payoffs in a brawl deck where you can only have one copy of each card. There's just not enough payoffs for second spells. And there's tons of card draw in, like, black and white. Like, not a ton, but a good amount. Like, several cards that will give you card draw. But, like, you definitely want things like rune of sustenance and stuff in there. But, hmm. Like... Yeah, just, there's not enough payoffs, like, there, there's some good ones, but nothing to, just, like, you're only gonna get, like, one or two payoffs per game, and that's just a simple fact, like, okay, probably more than one or two, but still not many to really make it worth your, and I guess if you do have Fear Hub, then you can get all those payoffs, you can select out of those three, so, that, that is a good aspect, and this deck especially, you could also, like, sort of include a couple of return target creature cards from your graveyard. One thing I would think would be addressed is play to Kedrith. I think that'd be pretty good, because you could gain five life if you need it, but, because you usually are putting a ton of creatures onto the battlefield in this, but you can also... Turn to our creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. Just pretty good. Um, so, um, I, uh, so our next one is going to be, um, I Agar, and this one, like, I just, like, I think it could work, but I would never do it. Just because, like, yeah, you could have a super good giant deck, but it's just, like, giants aren't fun. <laughs> like, I know some people love them. I just don't like them, and I just don't, like, and I just think the giants are just not the most powerful creatures ever. And so... Like, you could have this deck, but I would bet money that, like, just, I think, that usually this one is not going to win. Like, just going to have a lower win rate than other uh, decks. Because it just doesn't, like, has a lot of payoffs, but doesn't have many, like, just amazing cards, if you get what I mean. I just, yeah. And... Because just blue-red has never been super strong. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. So, um, so I think our last one, um, is gonna be, uh, our last one is gonna be Inga Runas, and I see no reason whatsoever why you would ever put this as a commander, but I challenge someone to do it, because I'd be entertained to see what would happen, and just, where the heck you'd go. 
with Inga Runa as, as your commander. There's no synergy. There's just nothing. But just kidding. But so uh, now we're uh, I've replaced uh, card of the week with a new segment, and this is gonna be where I give you five clues and about a card. And after each clue, uh, you'll guess and guess a card in magic and then uh and you tr and i'll tell like then you want to try to get it right as with as little clues as possible so um the first clue is okay uh, so our first clue is this uh is a rare or mythic rare card and so write, write down your guess and then our next clue is this creates one or more or this can create one or more tokens and then our next clue is this is an enchantment okay so starting to narrow down and you should be able to get this by the end of it. But our next clue is uh, this uh, one of its colors, or its only color, is green. So it has green in its mana cost. And our final thing is this is a saga. So make your final guess. This one should probably get, like... Depends on how well you remember this card, but, um, so, uh, if you haven't guessed already, it's Battle of Bridegard, and normally I'm not gonna say something I already talked about, like, sometimes I will, sometimes I won't, because otherwise I'd already just narrow it down a ton, but this one I did just for the first one I wanted, just so it's fresh on people's mind. And also, I just, I think this one's just really interesting, fun. So, that's it for this week. I will see you next Friday, and thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to support the show, just tell it to other people. Like, just say, like, just share it with other people. And thank you.